With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern, and the returning Jamie Brand. Always good to see you, Jamie. Ricky, smiling now. I thought I'd start us off on a positive because it hasn't been the best weeks where Spurs are concerned. Jason only said it last week. He felt that a defeat was on the way, but a defeat that maybe could be the wake-up call that Spurs needed. It wasn't the case in the League Cup, but it could still be this weekend when they do take on Southampton. But it has been a bad week, and what could have been such a great week start Started again fast to Leicester, went 1-0 up. Could have been two, if not for VAR. I think we should talk about that a little bit as well. But we have to start with the disappointing League Cup defeat to Colchester this week because the fallout from that has been very heavy. Well, this has, this is the last word on Spurs. We want you three to have the last word on it. Well, Ricky, I'll start with you. How disappointing was the Cup exit this week? It's embarrassing. I think that's the only way you can describe it. It's embarrassing, you know, to lose to a team that are three divisions below us. You know, bottom tier of English football. Uh, I make no excuses at all. I know many have looked at the case of the squad. Was it good enough? You know, enforcing ten changes, but the players out on that pitch yeah. are more than capable and good enough to get a result. And there's nothing I can really say to defend it. You know, I'm so disappointed because it is a cup competition that Spurs should be going to win. Maurizio has spoken of the fact that this season he wanted to take the cup seriously. So I'm deeply disappointed. Well, where did it all go wrong then, Jace? Because he did want to take the cup seriously. We've had Chris Carlin on the show. You know, I know for one, he was really wanting to take these cups seriously. You know, progress further. Colchester was a great chance. No disrespect to Colchester, but from what the Spurs squad is and, you know, what we want them to achieve, got to be progress in there. Was it the hangover from the Leicester game or was that not an excuse for you, Jason? What does it mean where did it go wrong? So first clean sheet the season and our first away <laughs> clean sheet since Dortmund. I mean, excuse me. Excuse it didn't me. all go wrong. No, it was, um, I think I said on Monday's show that we'd never, possibly we'd never gone out to a lower league club. That was your fault. Yeah. Um, 
the warning signs, I suppose, in previous campaigns with the Wickham game, the Rochdale, the Newport. Yeah. You know, Newport, it was, what, an 85th minute Harry Kane digging us out that, that got that to a draw. So, you know, the warning signs have been there. Uh, very strange team selection. If, if you know, what he said at the start of the mm. season was, no, we do have to start winning things to go there with no creativity in midfield whatsoever. So yeah. it, it's not a surprise that we struggle. I mean, let's be fair, we struggle to bait breakdown teams that part the bus anyway and so with with Wenyama Dyer skip as your midfield it's not a surprise we struggled again um not good enough clearly not good enough um and I think you know we I think we had two weeks ago we started to say there's worrying signs there I think yeah. last week I think we voiced our uh, opinions that, that was getting worse and I think the yeah. speed of it happening is is quite shocking to all of us that it's it's unraveling as as quicker than I've ever known it unravel before. Well, it is a turbulent time at the minute, Jamie. Obviously, I, I for one was expecting you know Tottenham to come out all guns firing, especially after that Leicester uh, defeat. Mm. And again, no disrespect to Colchester, but I thought Tottenham will put them to the sword yeah. in the week. It was a strong lineup, but where was the? It sort of seemed like the fight had been. There was no yeah. fight in the players. Yeah. I was looking around, you know, in the penalty shootout, they still weren't revving each other yeah. up, trying to get it. Is this a hangover from, from the weekend, or how long no, has this hangover no. been going on? No, no, I, uh, this, is, this is certainly, uh, I think it's an issue with the squad uh, that's gone on for quite a while now. I think that there are now too many players there that are no longer motivated to be there. Um, I think I said over the summer, I think there are a, a lot of players in that squad that need to, needed to be sold. Um, you know, and we, we said, you know, going back to the manager, back Pochettino, but I think there was too many supporters at the club that decided, you know, that, that, that um, the likes of Danny Rose, Christian Eriksen, you can't sell these players. But, you know, look, look where it's left us because I think that they're kind of part of the re- issue with um, the squad going stale. But I don't think, Jay, the supporters are the ones that stop those players from moving on in all reality. It's more of a case they just couldn't move them on for a number of reasons. Danny Rose, they tried to move him on. Yeah. Couldn't happen. Christian Eriksen didn't want to leave the football club because his move didn't come up. I just think at the moment the issue is that, as you said there, I totally agree with you, there's players that do not want to play for Maurizio. I think it's very difficult, Charles, when you've got players there that no longer want to play for the manager and you are trying to motivate and galvanise a group, it's a very tricky task. And the problem we don't know is how many there is that are being divisive yeah. behind the scenes. Can I ask a very genuine question? Sorry, Jason, I mean this with all sincerity. I'm a big fan of the manager and obviously I'm the outside perspective looking in. When you say there's a few players that don't want to play for the manager... Why don't they want to play for the manager and how has this happened? It was only months ago you reached the European Cup final. I know, Jace, you said you can't quite believe how quickly it's unravelling. But to an outside perspective, I'm just as shocked. And the calls mm. for the manager going, and it's, to me, it's unbelievable. I know social media can spread like wildfire anyway. But how has he lost them? Because this is... You you're very you know a fan of the manager, and as I am. But I can't quite work out why they wouldn't want to play for him. I can't, but then... They've worked for him too long. Exactly. They've, they've played exactly. for him too long, exactly. and they've got, they've got perhaps nothing to show for it. Yeah. Uh, yep. To to say, well, I've played for you for six years, yep. and great. I'm in a nice new stadium, and I've got a nice, nice office to work in Monday to Friday. But actually, I've got nothing yeah. to show for it, and my mates who've left have, have suddenly picking up medals and things. So that's the problem, and it, and it's not just. I think the mistake that we make, that that people make, is that they look at. They look at the club and they see it only on match day. But if you've got players that aren't willing to really put that effort in in training, for instance, through the week, they're not prepared to show that intensity. They're not going to risk picking up an injury or something like that in training. That stops the players that do want to train properly 
training properly yep. because they can't then train at that intensity. And the, the most damning statistic of the season for me is that for a club that's known to play aggressive pressing football, yeah. we're 17th yeah. in, in regaining the ball. We've gone from being yeah. first and second to 17th. And if you're not training properly with that intensity, and as I say, even those that do want to train properly will get dragged down yeah. by those that aren't doing it properly, and that is what's showing yeah. in performances. Well, Jamie, you mentioned that um, even if the players, you know, are, I hate to say it, but quitting on the manager, yeah. you saying it's not the manager's fault. The fault lies with these players, doesn't it? I think the, the issue is, and so I, in a way, I don't necessarily blame them because I think some of them have been there for so long. And when you're in, you know, any form of life, when you're there for such a long period of of time you can start to lose motivation and and I do think they have I think some of them have lost belief in in, in maybe the club they're playing for and the manager they're playing for um I mean that that's to do with you know they haven't won anything so you know a lot of them I still think see Tottenham Hotspur as a club that used to play at Watt Hart Lane that used to have players like Emmanuel Adebayo or Etienne Capoue and you know this is this is where the the, the whole rebuild needed to come and, and maybe we didn't do enough over the summer but it's you know, we certainly didn't do enough with with getting players out the door, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, not 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 great. I have to agree with Jay. I think the problem you've got there is that there are players that have been there for such a long time, and like Jay said, they haven't won anything. And it's almost like I think like we do need to move them on now. And Maurizio has spoken to some about a painful rebuild, mm. and the fact of the matter is that we're not even I don't think a quarter into that painful rebuild. We haven't let the players glow that he wanted to, and he's alluded to that in the uh, post-match press conference against Colchester. He said that you know. He's trying to create harmony, and it's very difficult to do that amongst a group that are not all collectively eyeing the same goal in mind. Very, very difficult to do that. Well, it it may be a silly comparison, but genuinely I'm trying to understand it further. You know, it is a painful rebuild. You're saying maybe they don't want to play for the manager. They've not won anything. This is a painful transition. But over at Man United, look, they're not not lifting up any trees under Solskjaer. This rebuild isn't going too well. They've been poor all season. They're doing worse than Spurs. Where would you want to play now, Spurs or Man United? You're going to say Spurs 10 out of 10. And it feels like, for me, a strange time to quit in the manager. I know they haven't won anything, but... He's just got us to the European Cup final. Why would you quit now, not not before? Like He's done it before. We can do it again. We're so close. It feels like, to me, the wrong time to be quitting on this project. The thing is, wherever you look at this squad, there are issues. You have a Tongan. If you look at our back four, for example, at the game against Leicester at the weekend, in that back four, you had Jan Tongan who was dropped at the season for the selection, well, a tactical decision that he wasn't apparently good enough in the manager's eyes. You've got Toby Adeviral there that won't be signing a new contract. You've got Danny Rose that they tried to ship off on the final day of the transfer window to Watford. Mm. Never happened. You've got Sergio coming out saying that there's not enough competition for his spot. Wanyama. Wanyama is still getting minutes where he's in the team. It was an awful sub. He cost yeah. us both goals against Leicester. Uh, wherever you look, Christian Eriksen, I, <laughs> I don't know what you even say about Christian Eriksen's performance at the moment. It, you know, It's very hard. Christian is a player that doesn't always show... Um, emotion on the pitch. I, I liken him somewhat to what Berbatov was like as a player. He never would always make that lambasting runs, but... Yeah, you get moments of magic. Moments of magic. So for me, it says a lot about their, you know, their mentality. If we've just got to a Champions League final and they're giving up after that, it says that they don't believe in the club that they're playing for. And that's why I, I was so pleased with, you know, that's why I was so behind players being sold because I just, I just see too many of them as seeing us as Spurs as old. And that's why the new players coming in you know, that's where the change was going to come because these players now see us as a big club and Don Ballet's come in because he believes in the club 
and that and that's why we needed this, you know, Tottenham 2.0. Jason, do you feel like Spurs have maybe lost a little bit of their playing identity at the minute? Because you just said about it, they're used to this aggressive style. They're 17th, I think you said. Yeah. Do you feel like they're losing the style that they were so famous for under the manager? I look, I just, just to pick up on yeah. what Jamie said first, and, and what you alluded to earlier, it may not be that they've lost confidence in Pochettino. I think it's they've lost confidence in Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Mm. I, I, I think if you ask Danny Rose, for instance... Does he like Maurizio Pochettino? He'd say yes. Does he like Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? Not in the least. I think there's there's that to it, and that that perhaps he's got yeah. some of those things. Christian Eriksen probably has respect for Pochettino more than he does for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club anymore, and and maybe that's from going from the top down or whatever. Um, in terms of the identity, I think that's why I I said you know with Leicester. I think my prediction for Leicester wasn't it mm-hmm. last week. I don't know what Tottenham's turning up. And, and it is a big problem that the football that we're known to play or we have been known for, we now don't. I think it's also going to be difficult to play that football with Kane because of the injury problems that he's had. So if your main number nine can't lead the press, it's very difficult to play pressing football. And I think I, when we were talking about Bow in the summer, I said that would be one of my worries with having Bow and Kane both can't play it. Um, so the, the the style of football we're known for just isn't there, and and that's why you're you're getting so much inconsistency in performances. They just look unrecognisable to the team that he's built, mm. and it's so similar to when I think he first came in the job, where there's just players there that for whatever reason a lack of fight, lack of belief, don't want to be at the club, and he's almost now having to oversee <clears throat> that same transition again. And again, it's to the point, and he's come out today and says he is the right man to take the club forward it's a big big rebuild ahead now has he got the courage the hunger the desire the strength to actually go through that again look at that courage hunger desire at Stamford Bridge that night oh god yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, you compare yeah, yeah. that to now. the battle of the bridge yeah. yeah he said the fans have to be patient can you be patient and how much patience do you, are you willing to have Jace we've been patient six years yeah. Um, some of us have been patient for 50 mm. years or what, or 50, what is it now 56 years so I don't know how much more patience you can have but I, yeah. I know what he means but you know like I say the, I've said it before haven't I that the patience to from where we were as a Europa League club to get into where we want to be is it, the, the fans have been patient the fact is the last two years we've been in two title challenges in the Champions League final so you know the patience does wear thin well, the patience maybe is wearing thing. As always, you can have your say on the last word on Spurs tonight. It is a very heated discussion. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 Well, afterwards, we are going to be talking to Gav because he wants the manager to go. Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Jamie Brand talking all about the fallout from the Leicester defeat, the Colchester exit in the League Cup. Well, is it time for the manager? Someone who wants to talk all about that. And you can call us tonight, 0208 70 20 558 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. We do have Gav on the line. Gav, I'm hearing that you want the manager to go. Good evening, gents. Good evening, all. Um, Hello, Gav. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I'm beginning to get very tetchy about the situation, if I'm honest. I keep thinking it's going to turn the corner, but as Jay said, I just don't know what team's going to turn up every Saturday at the moment. And that makes me feel very uncomfortable about every time I have to watch the boys. I've been listening the last few weeks, and I've loved your arguments about 
where they are as a club and what's right and what's wrong. And I kind of think I sit with Chris in the sense that we need to put some silverware on the side and that is not going to help with games like that. My biggest worry is someone like Harry's going to look at this and go, do you know what? Lee said the other day, you know, three, if the, the other week, Lee said that, you know, three years' time we could be doing this, this, that, and the other. He's not going to wait around three years to win another medal, to win a medal, I should say. I just think we're in a really precarious situation. And Rick, even you, who is the biggest Maurizio supporter, <laughs> is beginning to wane a little bit. I can feel it, and you don't want to. And I've I've called you to my mate, the, the Mourinho, uh, the, Mourinho, the Pochettino apologist at times, because you don't want it to be him. But my concern is, if that dressing room is going, and you were just talking about what happens if it's two or three, and you're starting to count the numbers. Yep. If there are half the dressing room, if it's five, if it's six, it will grow after every defeat. And the problem is, and you know this, you're never going to get rid of 25 people you get rid of the manager now listen Gav I appreciate it. thanks for calling firstly just on your point I love the manager but just to be very clear I love Tottenham Hotspur more so I'm not going to sit there and watch the club go into absolute free fall as much as I love this manager but I think at the same time we have to remember just how far he has taken us we're talking about only four or five months ago we're sitting in the Champions League final and he's one of the best managers in the world and he's done all this without spending a penny for 500 days. I think we have to have just a little bit, yep. a little bit of perspective right now. I'm not saying that we can continue on the run of form we're on. I'm not saying you know, we just back him endlessly. But at the same time, I think we have to give him the opportunity to weed out the players that yep. no longer want to play for him. Because as I said, Gav, you know, we don't know how many it is. Um, I don't think it's half, three quarters of that dressing room. I think you've got three or four there that, as we know, you've, you've heard me mention them, don't want to play under him. Uh, he's obviously, he's annoyed them for numerous reasons, whether it's selection, whether it's questioning their, you know, tactically, if they're good enough. I think, you know, he deserves the opportunity to put it right. You know, Jay, over to you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Look, I just, what I can't believe is that, you know, how many times Maurizio Pochettino has been totally loyal to us. We've been, you know, begging him not to go for Real Madrid, begging him not to go to Manchester United. And each time he's shown us loyalty. And the first time that he's really struggled at the club, we're all jumping on his back. And I honestly think that we, it's now our turn to show him some loyalty and to stick by him and to give him at least this season to try and sort things out. I think as well, when you look at the manager, if you changed him tomorrow, and it doesn't matter to me whichever the manager is you came in, I think the players like Toby, Ericsson, will still want to leave the football club at the end of the season yep. because it's the football club they've fallen out of love with. Mm. Danny Rose is not going to suddenly say, oh, I'll commit to Tottenham. Danny Rose is 30. Victor Wanyama's not good enough. So whoever the new manager comes in, they're still going to, at the end of the day, going to see all those same players leaving. And so for me, the person that leave Pochettino in charge because let him try that rebuild again. There's no need for me to change the manager because it's the players for me that are the core problem and those players will still be a problem, whoever the new manager is. You know, Victor Wanyama's not going to sign a four-year contract, is he, if Allegri walks through the door? No. He's going to be an unwanted player by Allegri like he's an unwanted player by Pochettino. He hasn't even been given a chance to rebuild properly, though. That's no. the thing. You know, he obviously went 18 months without a transfer. You know, this summer he hasn't been allowed to do a great deal. So, you know, it's about giving him a chance now and we've got to give him a real chance. I would say that's Pochettino's biggest fault. 
in oh, his yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I think, in the, yeah, yeah. the 18 months yes, without that was signing, we, we can all accuse Enoch Daniel Levy. Yeah, he was yeah, off yeah, of players. Pochettino should not yeah. have allowed no, that to happen. No. And he should have been stronger in that That's time. Well, Gav, we really appreciate you calling into the studio, but the callers are starting to come in now. Uh, Adrian's joined us on the phone. Adrian, really pleased to hear from you tonight. What are you making of the situation at the minute? Well, there's no way Levy will sack Pochettino. And the reason is purely commercial. He's on an £8.5 million a year contract. He's got about four years to run at £30-odd million. God knows what his team's on as well. So if you get rid of Poch... Yep. You've got to spend thirty, forty million to get rid of him, and then you've got to pay the new man who comes on his team another forty million. That's not going to happen. The other thing about the results, the other point I'd like to make is, the media are conflating last year's results with this year. They have no bearing whatsoever. I know we haven't won for a long time away from home, but the point is, we won eleven away games last year, two less than Liverpool, and when we got round to the winter period, we had no Kane, no Ali. Son was away in international duty, and even Sissoko and Winks were injured. So I wonder what your take is on that. Uh, firstly, I think on the on the point of Pochettino, I think another another point I'd make is that I don't think Pochettino would walk away from the contract that he's got. He'd be foolish to walk away from a twenty five million pound contract still, and I just don't think any manager's going to do that. So the only way that Pochettino, I think, will leave the club is if some if if another club comes in and, and pays for him you know buys him out of his contract and I think that's the only way that Poch leaves. Adrian, you think he's still the right man for the job in your opinion? Definitely. He said didn't he? He said his hardest season was the first season. Remember we went 23 years without finishing in front of Woolwich Wanderers, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean and look now and in, and in Look where we've come. I mean, in the last five seasons, we've finished above Liverpool four times. In ten, I think they've only finished above us twice. You know, we've come so far. I mean, people think these few results now are like, uh, uh, like some sort of catastrophe. I followed Spurs getting relegated to the second division. I followed them in the second division. These fans have had it, you know, this, is, this should be paradise for them. Right, I'm like you, because... My first memory is watching them get relegated at home to Leicester. So, and that first Division Two year was my first one year. But we, you know, we can't we can't excuse the fact as well. Over the, let's be fair, you and I can remember back to those days. But how many times have we gone out of a cup competition to a team in League Two in that time? So, and and we can't disguise it. I think last year I said it. There were a number of injuries, and with the Champions League run, I think you have to put our form into context of players thinking we've got Manchester City in a quarter, we've got Ajax coming up, and and perhaps rotating sides. But we can't now get away from the fact that we we haven't won an away game since January, and we've we should have. You know, let's be fair. We we shouldn't have. We've had chances to win away games since then, and the results well, at the moment, and the trend at the that, moment, yeah. is you not good. You can't excuse that away from. You can't excuse the away from. And I think there's no sign of it ending. I think the next away game is Brighton. And then after that, it's Liverpool. So do we look a sign that's going to go to Anfield and win? So nine games becomes 10, becomes 11. And, you know, the, the, what is it? it's our worst away run since 2006. We've lost so, the most away. So, you know, you've got to put that context into it as well. Well, well really... if it's an issue with players' problem, and if the squad are so unsettled, we know they're going to leave anyway. So it's not going to be a case of the club of the, uh, you know, the tail wagging the dog. The dog will wag the tail and those yep. players will go because yep. Levy will do that. You know what I mean? But uh, And if they haven't got the right attitude, they shouldn't be in the team, no, should they? No, so then no. Tanganga should get more yep. games. You know yes. what I mean? I said that tonight off air, didn't I? He did, yes. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. I think that another thing, you know, I was saying with a lot of young players, and, and when I said it on Twitter about 
throwing in the likes of Troy Pratt and Tanganga is that people say, and you forget how young they are, but I think an important thing is that Spurs do need some fresh players through Agreed. the door because, 100%. you know, just to have that lift of, of something new coming in into the squad and having a bit of an impact, you know, it's obviously... It's a shame that uh, LaSalle's and Exactly. Well, that, fit. well that, that, that's the issue as well. You know, we haven't actually had anyone new come through the door. I mean, we made these, you know, three great signings, but two of them, you know, have, have, haven't even played barely for us. And one of them, you know, picked up a, a thigh injury so you know it's I would like to maybe see some fresh races through the door and I, I think Tanganga's impressed me every single time I've seen him play Troy Parrott he's not a guy that's going to start but just have him coming off the bench I think you know why not well Adrian we really appreciate you giving us a call uh Excuse me, hopefully we'll get to speak to you soon on the last word on Spurs. And you can call into the studio 0208 70 20 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. We are talking about the manager a lot, but let's talk about the players as well and that performance this week because one of the things you wanted to talk about, Ricky, the players look totally disinterested. Is that a big cause for concern as well? Because how can we eradicate this poor away form when the players do look this disinterested? They they don't seem to care about the poor run. They they should be wanting to change that that themselves. I think it's back to what Jay just said a minute ago. Introduce players that do care. Mm. Introduce the likes of Oliver Skip, Troy Parrott, Jaffet Tanganga. You know, one of the first things Rizzo did when he came to the club was give youth a chance. Yep. And I think he's got to go back to that philosophy. I think he's got to go back to what worked for him on that first season. And right. it was about bringing in players to that squad that identified with the fans. Ryan Mason was one of the first players we saw yep. that was thrown into that Nottingham Forest game, scored that goal, yeah. it transformed the season. Harry Kane, the Aston Villa free kick, that was the moment where Maurizio, it changed for him. You know, Before that, he might have been seen the door himself. So I think now he has to put that trust back in players that yes. want to play for Tottenham Hotspur. The disappointment was that they were the three players that came off. Yeah, you know how Victor Wanyama stayed I on that pitch know. for ninety minutes uh, when this is a yeah, player yeah, yeah, we yeah. were trying to sell, actively telling to leave the football club and agreeing a sale to Bruges for, and it only broke down not for Tottenham because of Wanyama's Him. demands himself. And so, how is he playing ninety minutes in front of Oliver Skip? And mm. what message does that send the squad? The squad. It's what I said. Yeah. Why, why was he coming off the bench at Leicester before Eric Dyer and and uh, Oliver Skip? I I don't understand that. Another thing that, for me, that shows the poor attitude at Spurs uh, and maybe why that's affecting us, if you look at the defence, that's been our weakest issue for me. I think that defensively, that's where we've been at our weakest. And, you know, you look to the back the back four that played against Leicester, you've got Aurier, who, you know, basically, he's come out and said he wanted to leave. You've got Danny Rose, who obviously, you know, very clear that he wanted to leave. And you've got two centre-backs, Toby and, uh, Toby and Jan, who are both, you know, that's both said, running yeah. down their contracts. Yeah. So, I think I think it shows, you know, that there is certainly the issue is, you know, the mentality of the players, and and that's that's for me is the issue. Well, is it an issue with the mentality of the players? Is it the manager? You can get involved. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Call us 0208-70-2558. The fallout continues next. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Jamie Brand. We are, of course, talking the disappointing cup exit, the disappointing defeat to Leicester. Where is it all going wrong for Spurs and where is the light at the end of the tunnel? How can we turn this around? How can they change it? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558. We're going to do some questions now because there have been a load. Thank you for tweeting last word on Spurs with all the questions. There have been 
and so many of you getting in touch and I know and we all do we really do appreciate it we'll start with the first one from Lily White Rose apart from the League Cup final of 2015 in brackets the run was pretty easy and a decent run last year why have our domestic cup campaigns under the manager been such a struggle I've got to be honest they'd probably say team selections probably you know he made 10 enforced changes for the game against Colchester and as I said to you I, I defended that selection because there was still enough quality still on that pitch 100%. to go and win the game but when you look back at Crystal Palace in the FA Cup last season uh, I, I think of other selections under him you know you have to be able to say that the reason why I suppose haven't progressed at times has been because of Mauricio's decision to field players of a, of a mixture it's so difficult because for me I mean you've got to do prioritise and we, you know we had what we had the, the Champions League game we got the Leicester game we got another big Premier League game on the weekend so you you know you can't keep playing your best team each week I, I, I really do believe that team was good enough to win I think even in hindsight if he even selected a stronger team can I be honest the way the team were playing I don't know if they would have got over the line in that it's game it's League 2 as well like come on like League Two, I know, I know these resu- you know these results. They always happen. You know they happened yesterday. You know Rochdale drew with Man United. West Ham got smashed. You know obviously these results do happen, and and you're setting yourself up if you're putting out a week. Sheffield team. United got beat. I mean Premier League sides getting beat. Bournemouth, do you know what I mean? Bournemouth yeah, were beaten I, by Burton Albion. I so. get that, but I think watching that game, the longer it went on, yeah, you knew it wasn't be Tottenham's night. The mentality just wasn't there. Well, let's, this brings me on to actually the next question. This is from Ian, who is with Elite Heath. He says, when you're struggling for form away from home, why field a weakened team? An away win was the most important thing that night. Either go all out with youth or play the strongest team. It was neither. Team full of guys out of form. That is shocking management. <laughs> It's, it's, it's whether you believe in rotation or not. I think, as Jamie says, you have to rotate. There's there's players there that need games because they're not fit or they're not involved, and perhaps some of those that aren't involved are also lacking in motivation, and the, the way to motivate them is to start getting them games. And that team, OK, weakened team, if that was a team that you'd put out against, I don't know, against West Brom or, or Bournemouth or something, you'd perhaps be more, but it was a League Two side and there was, what, eight full internationals on that pitch. Yeah. And there's players there that should be going out with hunger and desire to say to the manager, I want to play in that game against Southampton on Saturday. And I think most people, to a T, wanted Troy Parrott to start the game. So if, if you said yeah. about a weakened team, you'd say Troy Parrott is our weaker striker, but most fans wanted Troy Parrott to play. So it's... It's a difficult one, isn't it? It's I can see it both ways. But yes, you want to get the result, but that team is still good enough to get a result. And there are plenty of teams that made 10 changes last night. Are people, are people seriously telling us, though, that Christian Eriksen, Deli Ali, Lucas Moura, who scored a hat-trick in the Champions League semi-final, and they're playing against League 2 opposition? It's, it's the players' fault that we lost. And I'm, I'm not having that because it's not... You know, as we said, this team was more than good enough to win that game. And, and actually, when you talk about that, the problem at Colchester wasn't that we didn't concede it, although we kept a clean sheet, was it? It's at the other end of the pitch. Lack of creativity. When Eric, oh, yeah. gets, when Eric Lamella gets named, everyone goes into meltdown. Why yep. is he in the team? When Christian Eriksen gets named, we saw in Olympiacos, he can't be asked to play. So what's the point of that? So you can go through all of them. Perhaps Kane apart, you know... Who was the attacking players that everyone would have wanted in the team that was 
when Lucas Moura doesn't play, everyone goes into exactly. meltdown. Why are we leaving yeah. Lucas Moura? Well, he mm. played. Exactly. So you can look at it that way. Exactly. How deep rooted are these problems at the minute? Because this is, is this a case of if Spurs absolutely come out the blocks just like they did against Palace, beat Southampton four 0 everyone chips in. Is everything rosy again? Or you know, look, we're we're not going to be fooled again because we we saw what happened last time. Yeah, I think what we need to see now, if I'm being honest with you, Chaz, is a. a consistent run of games mm. where the team are actually performing to the level that we know they can and if I'm being honest with you this is not being knee jerk I can't remember where Spurs have been consistently playing well over a course of games for quite a while am I am no. I being wrong here Chaps no, I don't no, know am I being wrong Jace I don't know no, not at all not at all I don't think a win against Southampton changes anything no it's, it's the attitude that you're showing that and then you've got to go to Brighton and perform properly at Brighton and pick that, up three points, not just scrape a win. That's a ma- listen, that's the thing. Brighton. It doesn't matter if they go and win four 0 at the weekend and then don't fall up against Brighton. It doesn't mean anything. You know, it can't be peaks and troughs every no. every other week. Yeah. Well, the next uh, question is from Zach, and Zach says, "At what point does something drastic have to happen? It seems like the team are a shell of themselves. They no longer aggressively press. Something Jason alluded to. They no longer aggressively press when they're off the ball, and when we do have the ball, they're very, very passive. They seem to be waiting for something to happen rather than trying to make something happen. Something is clearly wrong." You're asking, you're asking the question you're asking is how long will, will, t- will it take for us to change our minds on the manager? What, what? Uh, I, I guess, well, that, that one whole thing is a question from Zach, but I suppose yeah. the question he is asking, at what point, it's two questions in one really, at what point does something drastic have to happen? Because Jason actually, let me word it for, for myself, Jason said earlier that he's worried at how quickly the demise is happening. He said it's rapidly, uh, you know, uh, going downhill in front of his own eyes. How far downhill can you see this going before it turns? Have, have you have you thought about the worst case scenario? I haven't. No, I maybe maybe I'm stupid not to because I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Losing the Colchester is the worst possible. It know, can't get any lose. worse from here. No, I don't. Think, well, it obviously can because we can keep losing games and we keep sliding down the league. But yeah, I, I think as you know, Jason said off. You know, Jason said off air. You know, you'd sooner rather have a guy like Jaffet Tanganga who actually wants to play for Tottenham Hotspur over someone like Christian Eriksen because his mindset's just not with the club anymore. He does seem to indicate, though, again, in his, in his pre, well, pre-match press conference today that he still feels he's the right man to take the club forward. And I know he shouldn't be fooled by press conferences, though, but that was more of a confident-looking Maurizio. Yes. You know, we have seen some press conferences. I know Jay, she said to me, don't pay too much into those. You know, he's just talking to the media for 20 minutes, putting on a brave front, maybe. But... He did seem to talk with a purpose. I want to believe that there has been subsequent meetings held in that dressing room that he can try and get this squad together. Because there must have been, Jay, there must have been an inquest after that game against Colchester. You have to surely get hold of this group of players and say, look, that is not good enough for Tottenham Hotspur. My worry is the press conference he gave pre-Palace was we've sat down, we've had the team meeting, everyone's fully focused, going in the right direction. And... Two weeks later, he's talking about there's still agendas going oh, in different directions. I, so, mm. you know, what what good was the two weeks ago? And you say there's been an inquest, but... No, I'm asking you, has there been an inquest? There should have been an inquest, well, right? As I said, you know, Christian Eriksen, for instance, when he walked into that dressing room and said, I've had enough of this, it's time we sorted this out. Stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Let's make sure we sort this out. Or did he walk into that dressing room and say, now you know why I'm leaving in the summer? Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. We're getting uh, through the listener questions and also all the calls. And when we come back, we will have another caller on the line who wants to talk everything about Tottenham. Love sports.
You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Last Word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Jamie Brown. We've been talking everything from the Colchester game. Was it the manager? Was it the players? Well, someone who has joined the studio and called us. It is Will. Will, it is a painful rebuild. Is that your thoughts? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks, and thanks for... Uh having this show and uh, giving us a chance to chime in. Uh, I love the uh, podcast. Everything you guys do is great stuff. Thank you. Thanks, well, thanks for well. suffering with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know what? Uh, you know, Potch warned us that we were going through a rebid. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, not a, a, a rebuild, I should say. And this is a rebuild. Mm. And I think that we kind of need to get used to this. I yep. think it, it could get worse before it gets better, and I think that's just the nature of it. I think what we do need to do is, uh, you know, we, we can't change what's happened in the past. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, I think perhaps Potch has taken this group of players as far as they could go. Mm, and we're never going to forget uh, that, that night in Amsterdam yep. and that night in Madrid and playing in the finals. And now, you know, uh, I think that he realizes that it's time to kind of turn the page. And, again, we can't change what's already happened. But going forward, you know, we can't change – we can't play the players, or at least we can't start the players who are not going to be with us next year. Mm. So, you know, the days of starting Anders, uh, of, of starting uh, Christian, the days of starting uh, Danny Rose, the days of starting Toby – they have to be over, and it's time to you know and you know start thinking about the team of the future, what it's going to look like, give other uh, other players uh, a chance to play, and you know kind of let the chips fall where they may this year. You know every team except Man City over the last six years has finished out of the top four, and I think most have finished out of the top six. You know, and those years uh, when uh, Liverpool and Chelsea came back the year after at, they were out of Europe. They had great runs because they weren't dealing with Europe and they became established again. And this may be the year that, you know, we're all going to hate it and it's going to be brutal. Yep. But, yep. you know, perhaps we finished, we finished eighth. You know, we're not in Europe next year. But, we, you know, we, we, make, we make a strong run at the top four and kind of get back into our groove next year. And that, I, I sense that's kind of the direction. I, listen, well, I totally agree with what you're saying. You've got to play the players that are committed, but let me tell you something. The, uh, the club haven't invested the money they have in Nundumbele, Ryan Sessegnon, Giovanni Lachoso, because that deal will happen. It's an obligation to buy. They haven't invested that kind of money to finish eighth. Let me tell you that. Yeah. The club need to have Champions League football yes. to, you know, yes. part of that stadium cost. That's, it's a massive part. You know, for Spurs now, they are, they are an established Champions League club. And being that means that Spurs take into account financially, that is not only say as a given because you always plan for worst case scenario, but a huge part of that is ensuring the club to qualify for the Champions League yeah. and also ensuring that stadium is full. That's another thing. If that stadium doesn't start getting, you know, full up week upon week, that's another thing that will be a, of a massive concern to them. It could be a really tough to rebuild if you don't have Champions League football because the likes of Dybala, that level player that we want to get, I'm going to come to Spurs if we don't have Champions League football. But, well, I totally, I totally agree with the points. I think that, you know, you look at when we finish runners-up in the Champions League, runners-up in the Premier League, I think that's a really great symbol for this squad and, and where this, you know, this, this Maurizio Pochettino team is. You know, they've, they've shown they've got the ability to get somewhere really far, but when it comes to it, they can't get for the line. And that's why I think, men, men, and that's mentally. 
And that's why I think that Spurs fans need to stop, you know, being so attached with this team and just let the rebuild happen. I've got a question for Jace. You know, at the end of the season, Jace, we're going to see Toby, Jan, Ericsson walk on a free. How much money do you think it's going to take to go and replace those players? To replace them to the levels they used to play at? Yes, when they, well, when when they, they were, were committed. committed yeah. huge, huge sums of money. Mm. To replace Ericsson to the level he plays at in the commitment now, probably a buy a bloke from Rochdale to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will, we really appreciate you calling. Thank Will you, calling Will. us all the way um, from the United the question, States. Jace, answer it, Jace. How much money do you think it will take? And would, would, a ball, would a ball spend that money? It's got, exactly. It's got to be over 250, 300 million, isn't it? We won't have that money, especially without Champions League football. That would have to happen over two windows, though. You'd have to think they'd need to start the if they're going to do this rebuild. They've got to start in January to at least show that they're going to, you know, they've got to show some ambition. I think they've also got to show some Pochettino you know, some ambition as well that they're going in the right direction with transfers. So well, that's the start in January. A lot of the listener questions are about budget and spending. Let's have the next one. It's from Darren. It says, "When Klopp joined Liverpool, we were level pegging, if not slightly ahead of them. Well, one team is now miles ahead of the other simply because our board haven't backed their manager and Liverpool backed theirs. Please discuss." When they say back the manager, I mean, let's be very clear that in the summer, they brought in the players that Maurizio wanted. He wanted Tunga in the ballet, they brought him in. Uh, Giovanni Le Trust was a top target, they got him. Ryan Sessegnon was also been Spurs' target for God knows how many years. I think the problem is, it's not just the case that they haven't backed him, it's the timing of these transfers. They've came in on deadline day when, arguably apart from Ndombele, it's very hard, I think, to work with a squad when you don't actually have them in place until the final day of the window... It's it's practically impossible, isn't it? I mean, so you have to be honest about that. And it's also down to good recruitment from Liverpool as well, it has to be said. I think as well, part of that is, yes, yes, their board backed him, but when when he was quite open to selling their best player, you know, their, fans trusted, yep. their fans trusted that decision. When Pochettino's open to selling Toby, our fans say, pay him whatever he wants and make him the highest paid player in the club's history when the manager doesn't want him there. There's a big difference as well. So, you know, this screaming of back the manager, the fans don't back the manager. The fans back the manager only if he makes the choices that they want him to make. But be honest, Jace, the decision to keep Alderweireld is not down to what the fans want. He does what he feels is best for the football club, No, exactly. But what I'm saying is, you know, Liverpool fans trusted Klopp with the decision. They could say, OK, we're going to get rid of him, but we'll, we'll be better for that. We, we go into meltdown when the thought of selling Danny Rose, for God's sake. It's whether you trust Maurizio, back to your point, Jace, to be smart enough and cute enough to be able to bring in players that are of better quality that are going to replace those three with the current board. I mean, part of that is, yes, the board has got to be trusted more and it's that's my worry. You know, I, I'm not averse to any player leaving Tottenham Hotspur Football Club as long as they're replaced properly. Mm. We haven't done that. But you're right, we did go and sign the three players that he wanted to do this year. One of the things we didn't back him on is getting rid of players that he didn't want. Mm. Can I just say, with with the timing of some of them, you know, Lacelso, he was he he come he was coming back late from the Copper America anyway, so we wouldn't have had him in training until very late. I don't think he could have been done early, early season. Well, he might have come back. Do you maybe, know what I mean? But then he's no, because he's not. He wouldn't have had a chance to rest. So you know, he needed that chance. To rest. We've seen what players right. do. Right, he, he wouldn't have been at Tottenham a day earlier yeah. if he had signed on May the thirty first. And Ryan Sessegnon's yeah injured. He hasn't even trained with us yet. Well, he, obviously he's trained with us, but he's you know he's out again. So. You know, it's it's difficult because I, I understand. I totally take your point, Ricky. I totally mm, understand yeah. that we we probably should have got some players. You know, we needed more players in earlier. 
But, you know, in, in those cases, Sessegnon and Lo Celso, you know... Well, I, I can tell you, just on that point, you know, you talk about Dybala. I know you, we all, listen, we want him, Jay. But <laughs> that deal is very hard to do on a deadline day. It's, yeah, I mean, it obviously, you know, it all depends what you believe. It, apparently, they'd been working on it for a while. So you just you just don't know. I think it's a deal. Jamie, don't go against I'll, transfer, Rick. No, 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 no. This man no, Jamie, is all over no, transfers. No, Jamie's right as well. But don't, no, Jamie's right. Listen, Jamie knows it as much as I do. I still it's very hard to do that deal last last day. I would, yeah. My guess would be that negotiations started when Spurs and Juve were together in Singapore. Yeah. Mm. That's and what that, that was the first bit of Tottenham knowing that he was available. Just because it's not in... Deals are so know, much harder now, though. Image rights, everything. They they, all these other factors. It's not simple transfer fees and wages. There is so much third-party mm. rights. They are massive deals to do on a deadline. I do agree with that. But as yeah. Jay said, if they have been working on it for two to three weeks before, yeah. but you never know how much you've wanted to pay ball until that deadline day, right, did they? Exactly. They're waiting for other And they were waiting fall. for Sarri to come in and make his mind up and things like that. But just because pigfarmersweekly.com don't say it's happening, it doesn't mean to say this negotiations aren't. And they got in Lukaku late as well, didn't they? They got him, him, him in yeah, fairly was, late. So, yeah. you know, mm. they, they weren't... Oh, no, yeah, so, they, you know, they're not sure. So, Well, the next question is from Dean Gibson. A season or two ago, all we would ever hear is is Poch and the players such a fantastic connection? This group is so fully united. Well, it's clearly changed, but at what point did this change? I see such a disconnection between management and players. They're clearly not following his instructions. Why? Well, it started from where Ericsson comes out publicly in the summer and says, I want away. I don't think, you know, at the time, Jason, I know you wasn't too disappointed that he'd done it in the summer, but I still think to go publicly the way he'd done it was wrong. And it's showing now just how much he doesn't want to play for the football club. He shouldn't be playing games now. I know that's easy for me to say that. I, I sat there against Aston Villa. I said, you know what? The guy has changed the game. But then since that performance, I mean, mm. has there been a performance since? There, there hasn't really. And I think you can miss one penalty. You can miss two. But three, four, I mean, yeah. God, when do, when do you draw the line mm. and say, well, do you know what? He's not committed enough to the club. No, but I don't think you miss a penalty because you're not committed to the club. No, but um, okay. What about the but the overall it's performances? Overall, I mean, Olympiacos was far away, more, but the overall yeah, performances. Olympiacos was far more of a worry than him missing a penalty against Colchester. That's for sure. No, but okay, you just said it there. His, his overall performances at the moment are not good enough for a player that's representing Tottenham Hotspur. No, but but I, I sat here what three or four weeks ago and said that's what I think we'll see from Ericsson. I don't think we'll see a performance from him all season. You all thought I was mad. You all said he'll be busting a gut to show his new club how much he wants to go and play for them. And as I said the other night, the closest he's going to get to a move in Spain is a, is a Gibraltar League side. It does surprise me, though, that he isn't busting a gut because now if I'm watching him, I'm a potential suitor for Ericsson. I think, oh, if, he, if this is his character, if this is his desire, mm. I don't know how much I really want to sign him, even if it isn't a free. I don't, I don't think Ericsson's making the smartest move there, whether he stays at Spurs or not. He's got to play, he's got to play for a big contract. That's what he's yeah. aiming for. Yeah, he's paying for agree. a big signing on fee and a big contract, and people aren't going to just, you know, go... You know, bend over backwards for him if he's gonna, um, you know, if he's not gonna perform as well as you know, like Aaron Ramsey. You know, he was fantastic in his last season at Arsenal, and he's gone away and got a huge contract because he is a, clearly is was a top player. And Christian Eriksen, you know, as much as he is a very talented player, we you know we know that he just hasn't been shown it for Spurs. Is but, that, but you look at the Ramsey case, and it's interesting. We don't know if Eriksen hasn't got a, a contract agreed with someone. I was going anyway. to say that. So, Do you believe you know, that? Uh, no, I'm not saying that it couldn't be now, true. Jason, I'm just saying I think it would come out, wouldn't it? Now with football mm, ways, possibly he has, but tapping up. But what I mean is, Ramsey bust a gut for Arsenal and ended up getting a really bad injury. 
Mm. And I then missing his start of his time at Juventus. Yeah, and so if Christian Eriksen sees a ball and thinks, I'll go into that and, and damage it, and then that move breaks down. Ooh, if he is no worried way. about that, I, I don't know how you feel about it, then you, you can't play him, Spurs. Because if he's going to play and he's going to be worried about injury and not give 100%, he just simply cannot be played, regardless of how good he is. But I just wondered, Jase, this is maybe a question for you, and Chaz, I would like to get your thoughts on it as well. Do you think this is payback time? to Levy for not giving the players more money at the time when they were playing well when you look at the likes of I know you make it love about you know Toby Pammy what I want Toby Pammy what I want Jan Vertonghen Eriksen we clearly know that these guys are on the highest possible paid contracts do you think when they were playing well they're now refusing to sign those extensions because in a way they want to run down their contracts it's almost a message to Levy <laughs> I, I, try and, I try and put a little bit of logic of that if somebody says to you two years ago when you're on 70 grand a week, here's a contract for 130 grand a week. Do you really give up that extra money for two years in spite to just say, yeah, but I wanted 160 grand a week? Do you really spite everything for 30 grand a week and say in two years' time I can walk away from Tottenham? Yeah, you can, and Daniel Levy won't get any money from you, but you're also out of pocket by, what, seven and a half million quid a year in your own... So you've, you've lost 15 million quid of your own money in trying exactly. to spite Daniel Levy. What, what sense is that? Yeah, and no I tell you what, if that is their mentality, I'm glad they're going. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, Toby Alvaro was given a big contract two years ago and he just and, and he turned it down. So, I... Well, the debate is in fl- full flow on the last word on Spurs. And that's good going because there is still another hours of everything where Spurs are concerned. So why go anywhere? Because the last word on Spurs, boys, are still here till nine o'clock. And we want you to have your say and join us. This is Love Sport. We just want to say, guys, we have teamed up with Profit Accumulator. Now, Profit Accumulator teaches people how to make some extra money doing something called match betting. Now, just to be very clear, this isn't gambling, but if you do it correctly, you cannot lose. And if you're sceptical right now, the system itself has been covered by major websites like Money Saving Expert, The Daily Mail, The Sun, Vice, The Guardian, and The Telegraph. So it is completely legitimate. So you're going to ask me, how does it work? Well, like any business, bookmakers try to attract new customers by using promotions. And the main way they do this is by using free bets and bonuses. Profit Accumulator helps its members take advantage of these bonuses to make a profit. So let's say, for example, a major high street bookmaker like William Hill is offering a £50 bonus to new customers. So you would sign up. And as you might place a £50 bonus on a coin toss landing on heads and a £50 bet on the same coin toss landing on tails, whichever way it lands, it doesn't matter. You won't win any money, but you won't lose any either because you've covered all possible outcomes. However, you then get your £50 sign-up bonus, so you've actually made a £50 profit. That's the basic idea of how it works. Now, just to point out, Profit Accumulator employs a team of experts who source every available free bet offer and then write up the strategies to turn them into cash. There are hundreds of free bets to take advantage of with dozens more every day. You don't need to know about anything sport-wise or placing bets. It doesn't matter if you've never placed a bet in your life before because Profit Accumulator, they walk you through the whole process step by step and give you a suit of tools that make the process very easy to deal. 
Now, as long as you follow the instructions, you really can't lose any money. They're rated excellent on Trustpilot. There's a seven-day-a-week support network, including phone, email, and a thriving members forum, should you have any questions or queries. But I think what must be made clear is match betting won't make you rich, and most just use it to make some extra money every month. But there are some members who, <laughs> astoundingly, have made tens of thousands of pounds over an extended period of time. Now, here at the last one on Spurs, we've got a fantastic zero obligation free trial where the Profit Accumulator team will teach you how to make money with match betting. Completely free of charge, the free trial will walk you through three separate free bet offers worth up to £45, and that's just for starters. Now, from there, you can either walk away with your £45 and buy yourself something nice, or you can even make more money by joining their Platinum membership, where you can get access to everything that they offer, including their forum, which explains how some of their customers are making free £100 or up to £1,000 a month. Stop missing out. Get started today with Profit Accumulator's zero obligation free trial to see what it's all about and earn yourself up to £45 in the process. Just head to www.profitaccumulator.co.uk forward slash last word on Spurs. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and the returning Jamie Brown. Very good to have you all in the studio. We looked at the games with Leicester and Colchester, but that's it. We're not talking about him anymore because the negativity stops here yep. and the positivity starts right here. And it started with a manager's press conference today and it was an upbeat one. He said, we are united. He's the right man for the job. Rick, when I spoke to you earlier about the press conference, you did have a little spring in your step. You was pleased with what he said today. How much was this needed? It was... <laughs> Jason said to me, it's only a couple of weeks ago, he said there's very similar words after you, or before. Oh, yeah, but I'm not asking, game. Jason, I'm asking no, no, you. No, I am pleased. No, can I, I am pleased. No, it, it seemed, um, it did seem like he had a spring in his step. The truth will be on the weekend, if I'm being honest with you, Chaz. That's I, where it will show on the pitch, won't it? I think the big difference was is that he was kind of, he was really genuinely saying that he's still the right man for the job and that he still desperately wants to be here. Mm. And I think that that's what was kind of different. Where it was, you know, maybe he talked, spoke about, the, the, you know, there's nothing wrong with the unity at the club. Mm. I think it was more today, it was about him wanting to be there, wanting to be the man to do the rebuild. So that's why I'm so happy with the, you know with everything came out and said, and I think it was the same after the after the game. I think you know his his reaction was was quite positive. Um, you know he was saying that he's ready to rebuild the team. You know he did talk about January transfer window, which you know it's Ricky was elated at that I point. Think we all are though. Oh, but you're happy as <laughs> well, well, Jamie. Right? No, we encourage, I, aren't I we? Think Ricky, Ricky, Ricky gets it a lot. I, I mean, I'm exactly the same as Ricky. I think I'll get off very Thanks, lightly. But, um... Keep going, Jay. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> So no, I I think it's it's a very promising sign that um, that uh, yeah I just think it's a very promising sign that we're going to go and do something in January and uh, well uh, Jamie and Ricky were very pleased with the press conference today. Jace, <laughs> were you feeling slightly different? Something you've heard all before, or are you genuinely pleased with the the positive upbeat message? Didn't watch it. Wasn't care what he said. I want to see a performance at Brighton in, wow, okay. in next Saturday, not this weekend. I want to see our next away game. I want to see that attitude, and that will yeah. tell me what he's telling them in that. Well, let them win in the weekend first, Chase. Let's get let's get a win. We'll win at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, in the weekend. I agree with what Jay said. He, he's he's after the three points, after the result, the performance. But is that even saying something, you know, without saying a message, you know, in the fact that you don't care. You went, I don't care what he said today. I'm not listening to the manager. That feels like even a strong statement without making one. Do you know what I mean in that sense? No, it's just that the words were the same against Crystal Palace mm. and they came flying out the traps and we were falling up at half-time and everything's wonderful. And since then, we've... Don't get me wrong, the Leicester performance, in a weird, I actually saw quite a bit of Leicester that I liked. You know, I did see a well, play in a the first goal, half. Yeah. So yeah. It, could, it could have been so different. Got, I mean, the Oregon counts, it's all was, different. We had, a, we had plenty of chances at Leicester. Yeah. We, we played on the front foot. There was that that willingness to get to the ball. And, there, you know, I thought Eric Lamella came in, had a good game. Yeah. Kane was fine. You know, there was a lot at Leicester. In yeah. isolation... Leicester was one of those games that if you was on a proper run of form and you'd have lost it, there'd be no real reaction to it. Because mm. you're right, we were inches away from going, or what, 1.6 centimetres from going 2-0 up. Going 2-0 up hasn't exactly helped us of late, but I think we probably, <laughs> would, have, we probably would have seen that out and, and we would have gone into that Colchester game with, with a feeling of upbeat and finally we've got an away game. So there was a lot at Leicester I liked. Sadly, not everything at Leicester I liked. Let's quickly talk about VAR, not in the sense of how do we feel about it because I know it's a very heated discussion for all clubs because, you know, you can be on the not the best receiving side of it. Let's not talk about it from that angle. Let's talk about it from whether the goal should have stood offside, onside, but it quickly deflated Spurs and yep. it sent Leicester because, like Jay said, Spurs were playing well, you know. In, in They looked very decent. It was a good uh, run of football. They looked strong in the game. Mm. They were the ones that were pressing. They were pushing for that second goal. It completely had the reversed effect. Yeah. Uh, Spurs fell flat and Leicester got the equaliser and, as we know, they went on and got the winner. It done wonders mm. for their confidence, didn't it? Well, firstly, you know, obviously Spurs have had a lot of fortune with VAR. The, my, what I will say is it's in general. You know, I'm about to talk in general, not just because it's, you know, yeah. Spurs have had so much go for them and now it's gone against them. For me, I find it so difficult with VAR that, you know, we're now saying that if Jungmin Son had been 1.6 centimetres further back, Tottenham probably going to win the game. I know, as we said, you know, Spurs haven't had much fortune with going to tune it up. But I think we do, and I think it did deal, deal a massive psychological blow. I think we've seen with other teams as well, where you know they've gone to concede after um, after having a goal disallowed, and I think it had a massive effect. And you know, I, I'm not a fan of VAR at the moment because you know with that offside, they use technology, and they've admitted it themselves that the frame rate is not is not accurate enough to determine when the ball left their foot, where left the the passer's foot. And he's 1.6 centimetres offside. That's when they're judging it. So they've got to be absolutely spot on when when the ball has left his foot because he can move so much further than that in a in a frame rate. And you know it's it's difficult. It's just yeah. I completely agree. And also when why all of a sudden it used to be used to benefit and favour the attacker. Now all of a sudden we always seem to favour the defence, which is slightly weird. But let's take the VAR aside, you know, because I watched the the Leicester Spurs game and 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 the moment that that happened, I thought. I wonder how Spurs are going to bounce back from this. How are they going to kick on? Is that more of a cause for concern? You mentioned the mental side of it. It done wonders for, for Le- Leicester's confidence. And Spurs, maybe, if it's fair to say, I mean, you three would tell me different, it sent Spurs into a little bit of a shell after that. It did, and that's the mental frailties that I don't like sure. because yes. a really top side, the, the, Agree. the characters on the pitch would say, look, We've just had a goal disallowed, but we've completely opened them up. Mm. We've scored. Mm. We scored a perfectly good goal. Let's just go and score another one. Yeah, exactly. Just, that, that just go and problem. score another one. Yeah, I mean, as much as an I, with regards to Jamie's comments on VAR, for me, I think we have to deal with it. It's in the game now. They're not going to get rid of it. 
So as fans, uh, as players, uh, you know, as clubs, it's always going to be there. Whether we like it, if it goes for us or it doesn't, I think it's always going to be there, Joe. We have to accept it. And I think, and there'll be sometimes it'll go for us, there'll be sometimes it won't. And I agree with you, the frame rate thing needs to be addressed. I, I don't disagree on that. But I think we just have to now accept that it's in the game. And yeah, we we have to get on with it. Also, can I quickly make the point? I also I'm not blaming VAR for mm. Spurs losing. No, I no, need no, to yeah. make no, that point no, as well yeah. because I I did make this whole argument on Twitter and I got a lot of stick for it. Spurs deserve to lose, probably deserve to lose against Leicester, and I'm not mm. blaming VAR for us losing. No, you don't v- need v- to blame it. VAR didn't score two goals against us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But yeah. listen, I can be the petty one because you know VAR was meant to be there for clear and obvious error, which which is not the the offside. It's but, so close. Well, it's like it's so difficult. Where are they judging it from? I do, I do feel for you. People say. With, with VAR it's not subjective but um, it's come down to being when it's of so tight it like that it's come down to being subjective yeah. because it's when the ball's left his foot and the, and the the guy in the you know at Stockley Park who's making the decisions has got to decide when the ball has left his foot because he's got as I said he's got to be absolutely accurate when you're measuring 1.6 centimetres offside and, and uh, as they've admitted as I said they can't they're not, they're not sure so well, let's quickly talk. Earlier, we were just talking about contracts and handing them yeah. out. Should we have paid those uh, players much more money? You know, is this maybe part of the problem? And one of the ones you wanted to talk about, Ricky, was Delhi a little bit because he, he struggled for form. There's some questions here saying he hasn't replicated the form since uh, the 16-17 season. Although, let's be fair to him, he has had some, some injuries in that time and it does yeah. take a while. But you, you, you had some thoughts on it, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I mean... Just for me on Delhi, I think he hasn't had a, a regular run of games and he was playing a lot more of a withdrawn role last season. And Jace, maybe a question I'll ask you is that with Ali, you know, at the time where he was being linked with a new contract, a lot of the supporters said, give him that new contract, pay him, keep him at the football club. He's a top, top player. You want to keep your top players. And since then, you could look at it and say, Ali's form hasn't been anywhere near the level. I'm putting that more down to fitness reasons, having that with more withdrawn role in the team what's your thoughts well I, th- I think injury has, has definitely played a part and I don't know how much mentally he's prepared to uh, to really push himself for for fear of hamstrings going again but yeah. you know when we, we we were talking about it just off air with with the the feeling of players running down contracts to to spite Delhi Ali uh, to spite uh, Daniel Levy and the, the traditional thing of paying whatever they want Deli Ali signed his last contract on the 30th of October 2018. So it's not even a year ago. And he signed a six-year contract, I think, at that time. So clearly, Daniel Levy paid Deli Ali and his representatives whatever they wanted for that six-year mm. contract to be signed. How many supporters are saying Deli Ali's overpaid? Mm. It's, it's a such a good point moment. because the yeah. fickle nature of it, people saying, oh, didn't pay Toby at the time and he wanted yeah. much more now. They did pay Delhi yeah, and now people say... and people are, uh, is, are criticising Yeah, that. it is a very fickle nature and, and that's what sometimes we, 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 we tend to forget, all fans, we mm. tend to forget when a player does get played and then you're not getting internal yeah. performances and then arguably the next step from the fans who were saying we shouldn't have paid Delhi that much we say get rid of him. Well, we can't because he's got a six-year contract <laughs> and he earns... Exactly. Bundles every week, and, and no right. team wants to pay it. If you pay your thirty-year-old two hundred and fifty grand a week, which they want to do with Toby, in two years' time when he is out of the team because he's on his way down, people are starting to say, "Is is you know why why are we paying this bloke two hundred and fifty grand a week when he doesn't play and only plays a Carling Cup game?" Well, that's why because look he at, wanted him to pay him whatever he wanted in the first place. Look at Real, look at Real Madrid with with Gareth Bale. They they were desperate to get rid of him, but because they paid him so much money, he's now taking up a ridiculous amount of money. 
and you know no one wants to now go and match his wages so you know this caused them so many issues for what it's worth I still think Ali's got you know a, a huge amount of talent and I back him this season yeah. to rediscover that I think Maurizio knows him well enough to know how to get the best out of Delhi. and I'll be honest with you, it's not easy when the team aren't playing well and you start digging out players it, you know is there anyone that has played really really well this season apart from maybe Harry Winks I hope he does but his performance no. at Colchester was poor the but so was the others, Jason, yeah, as well, weren't they? The amount of times he... I mean, you know, with the system that we had, he had to be the creative player. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, so many times he... And so got, when we're having a go at Christian Eriksen in, in general, you know, let's not forget, Eriksen was only on the pitch for 30 minutes. Mm. Deli Ali was on it for 90 minutes. Yeah, and his yeah. performance was nowhere near good enough. I think also what we have to remember in the contracts, because we're comparing Delhi and Toby, but Delhi at his age, it is more worthwhile to give him yeah. a six-year contract and yeah. pay him because if he does live up to those heights, and when you give him that contract, you certainly think we've got a, a great talent here. You know, what we've seen, he could lead Spurs for the next six years, give it to him. It's very different when someone's nearing the end of their career. Of course, yeah. You don't want to pay that money and the, the length of the contract. It's, it's very tricky, the, the toss-up between the two, but I'm delighted to say we're joined by Josh on the phone. Josh, really disappointing results. You want to talk a little bit about VAR and how you hope it will change? Yeah, look, so I agree with what you said before. It's not going to be removed from the Premier League. It is here to stay. They would never remove something that they've just um, implicated. Look, I think it's... I, I don't mind the idea of VAR. It's the way it was used disallowing Sonny's goal all weekend, which I think is just completely ridiculous. I mean, it sucked the life out of football. It sucked the life out of that game. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a qualified referee, and I know my offside rule very well. And it's, just, I just think, is it worth, you know, is it really worth disallowing that goal? I mean, I have my own views on VAR, but I just think it's just, it's so ridiculous. I think, and it just, it, it, it made me so angry to see that, and and to see that, you know. Lose mm. the game. I mean, we should have done much better in that game, granted. But, you know, that was the turning point, and I think every Spurs fan can see that. Am I a fan of VAR? I don't mind it. I don't, I'm not a fan of the laws that they're using, but that's a different argument. But if you're going to say offside is a fraction of a millimetre, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's just ridiculous. Mm. Like, you know, what's mm. the point? You know, football is it's not meant to be, you know, a stop-start game. We know that. You know, it's meant to be a free-flowing game. They try and make that as much as possible. But, you know, to have it, you know, to have the game stop and, you know, the fans also sitting in that stadium, yeah. you know, myself included, not knowing what's happening and then looking on your phone to see it's a millimetre of a, a you know, I, I, yeah, it doesn't sit well with me at all. Do you, do you think with the offside and VAR, maybe something needs to be kind of altered with the rules? I mean, I, I kind of thought that maybe something like, you know, adding a bit of leeway for, you know, either side, um, you know, maybe favouring the attacker. Do you think someone's, you know, got to be changed with the rules? Can I, can I yeah. just say on that, the problem with leeway yep. is that if you allow four centimetres leeway and a goal is 4.05 centimetres, yeah. then everyone moans about the next 0.5 centimetres. So true. Oh, but it's, so it's, true. it's really four, but now it's only four and a half centimetres. You can't do that. And that, that's, we'll just keep going They've that got to, It's got to do something about the frame rate because that's, that's the big issue because yeah. they're now using, they're, they're using a technology that's, that, that's my issue, is that, that it's not accurate enough to measure 1.6 centimetres. So they've got to do it in yeah. line with the, with the frame rate. Josh, gosh, as you're here, you spoke very passionately in the past about the squad, the manager. What's your thoughts on what we've said tonight about Maurizio and the players? Where are you in terms of where you feel the blame is? Where do you see the way forward? It's so hard. It's so hard. I've been having this argument all week with nearly everyone I know. Look, I don't want 
to slate the manager. I really don't. I love Poch with all my heart. You know, he's he's done things I don't think any Spurs fan would have imagined us doing five years ago. I don't know whether it's just a bad patch of form it happens to every club or it's something much deeper. I don't agree with, you know, somebody saying it's just a poor run of form because actually no, we no. lost 13 games last year. Yeah. You know, that, mm. it's a worrying start. I don't think, you know, if if we had done really well last season and we just, you know, hit a, hit a rough patch, I wouldn't be worried. But the fact we've lost 13 games, the fact that we're potentially going to lose three or four of our key, you know, squad players in Toby, Jan and Ericsson, you know, I just, it worries me. It it really scares me to think, what if we didn't get Champions League? Because I can't imagine Harry Kane's going to play for a team that's in Europa League. You know, he's arguably the best striker in the world. You know, we have a lot of world-class players in our team who have come to play Champions League football, and it really concerns me the fact that we're playing at the moment. Look, I'm sure we're going to play better. I'm sure that, you know, this isn't going to stay. I hope it's not going to stay. But I don't know whether it's got to the point where, you know, there's something deeper running in the club. I don't know whether, and I hate to say it, Poch has lost the dressing room. I hope that's not the case. But if it is, it needs to be sorted because I, I, I really didn't appreciate Poch's comment after the Colchester game, which was, we'll improve in January because January's four months away. That's so true. We could yeah. sign the best player in the world yeah. in January and it, yeah. and it wouldn't potentially save our season. And doesn't Poch the one that says you can't buy decent players in January? Yeah. Oh yeah, true, yeah. And when you've just had four months to fix it, why are you going to wait four months to fix it again? Mm. Well, mm. I also, I, I, I'm also a bit confused in the sense that we've spent, you know, near enough potentially eighty, ninety million pounds this summer. Where's the money coming from? I don't really understand how we're um, we're hoping to sign more world-class players. Poch is talking about, even though we've just had a billion pounds. Look, I don't know. I'm not the treasurer of the club. I have no idea. But I'm just. I'm just speculating. But look, I mean, it needs to improve. It's an absolute given. These next mm. couple of matches are absolutely crucial if we, you know, in, in Potter's career, because I'd hate for him to leave on a sour note. You know, he's done so much for our club. But yeah, you know, it worries me the form. It worries me that we've lost to, a, you know, a mid-table League Two side fielding one of some of our strongest players. It worries me that we've, you know, not had the bottle to see out Leicester and Olympiacos and Arsenal. And it worries me how many more games we're going to, you know, this is, this is going to happen before something drastic changes. Josh, we really appreciate Cheers, you Josh. calling in. You're Thank really you, passionate there. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Josh, so many things to cover that he wanted to say there. As always, you can get involved. Call us on 0208 70 20 558 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Next, we're going to be doing a little bit of a Southampton preview and talking about other news that surrounds the club. Love Sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and the ever-special Jamie Brand. So good to have him back in the studio. The insight he's providing tonight, very, very special. But someone else who wants to provide insight now, we have had a call into the studio. Mark, thanks for giving us a little bit of your time. You think it's not the manager, it's not the players, it's the chairman that's the problem. Yeah, because, all right, let's be quite honest now, yeah? Potters produced miracles for us for a while, yeah? Each time they're talking about it's not the stadium, why he's not spending money, just not the right players. And as it showed, it was, do you know what I mean? And then this year, I just felt like he's told Poch, because of the way he reached Champions League, we've got a load of money now, go buy the players you want. And Poch identified certain people that we kept getting linked with, you know? And in the end, we only picked up, you know, three players. Yeah, and we left another two out there that we're now hearing about in January they could come and things like that. And I just think maybe 
that's where the dressing room's kind of like fed up. It wants to see the extra blood and push each other. You know, Ericsson wants to see, um, I forget what the boy's name is down at Porto, the, the captain down there that we was talking about getting. Moutinho. You know, coming to the club and pushing them on, you know, pushing them to the next level, saying, look, we're here at Tottenham, you know, I'm to fight for your place, or I'm going to be there. And I think a lot of it is that. I think Levy spent too much time trying to get a cheaper deal from these things. Do you know what I mean? And instead of just get them in early, get them to the club, get them going, and then we could hit the ground running. That's what I personally think to myself. How, how many other players do you reckon Pochettino wanted? And, and do you have any names? If I'm honest, I think he wanted the other two boys. Um, I, I think he did want Dybala, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think he wanted him once he realised he could get him. Um, and I forget what the guy's name down at Porto, the captain down there, the one we didn't get, I think, for 65 mil. Oh, Bruno Fernandes. Sporting right, yeah. Bruno Fernandes, yeah. And I, I think he wanted him. Do you know what I mean? I think it was a bit of a gamble for that much money because he'd only had the big yeah. one season. But he's here producing it again right now, showing that he was just ready to like, blossom on. And I think that's where the problem is, brother, if I'm honest. I think he was two players short of what he really wanted to give this squad the kick up the bum that it needed to not be where we're at right now and I think that's probably why he's mentioning January and all of them things I think some of that criticism's fine all I say on Bruno Fernandes I, I don't I'm not sure we were ever after Bruno Fernandes and yeah. La Celso no, together yes, yeah. and the, all I would say is the sporting was it the sporting director or the chairman came out <laughs> what, a couple of weeks ago and said we only had one serious offer for Bruno Fernandes and that was from Tottenham so you know, when people say we should have paid the 70 million, nobody was prepared to go to Sporting yeah, and, and pay the 30 million. So, why, so it's a bit difficult to criticise Tottenham for not paying 40 million quid more than any other club was prepared to pay for him. And the cool, fact that then, they said... Right, we can put him to bed one side, but then what about Dybala? You know, and that's me being honest. Dybala's there and I think we could have just, you know, we could have pushed that one over the line. Yeah. I think he definitely mm. needed at least the one more, if not the two more players that he really wanted. Do you know what I, I mean? I think the right-back's a big problem here. Yeah. Yes, a, a big, huge, huge yeah. problem there at right-back. Yeah. Huge. But then at the same time, uh, I'm a, love, a, a fan of Cardwell Peters and that, but at the same time, right near, right now, the boys, he needs a little bit of resting, mm. play the more experienced boy. Do you know what I mean? And let's go in there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it's difficult. I think with Dybala, I, I kind of understand that because it was a very complicated deal. I think the whole image rights. So, you know, that, I think that was slightly different from what we've had before. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Maybe he did want one or two th- more through the door. But yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. I think it's telling you know, as well. That, I think it's, it's telling that one or two other clubs pulled is, out, didn't they? Yeah, you have to remember, yeah. as soon as the transfer window closed, he was acting like he wasn't satisfied anyway. Do you know what I mean? And that straight away let off alarm bells to me, and it was like, well, bruv, you're not even pleased. Do you know what I mean? And I was quite pleased, but for to see Tottenham do that bit of decent business, like I said, normally we get in one big boy. Do you know what I mean? And the rest are little bits here and there. So to get in, you know what I mean, um, the Fulham boy, assessing long as well, I was really happy for that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then he's out injured the whole time. So that's where the problem is. And was we really in for another right back, or did he believe in, in just keeping them two there? Do you know what I mean? I think where where I would criticise the club in the, the, the transfer window that's just gone is in not getting players out. So they should have looked and thought, Ericsson wants to go. Mm. And by, by sitting there 
we don't know the, the valuation they put on him, but you're never going to get the 80 million, no. 90 million that we was linked with. So you should have said, look, to Madrid, maybe if you'd have gone to Madrid and said, look, you can have him for 35, 40 million. Yeah. As much as that would have hurt us, yeah. it's still mm. 40 million more than we'll get. And it's a problem player at the door that we wouldn't have had to tolerate for and the next 12 months. Exactly. And that would have helped bring somebody in. Well, so, real. yeah. I'd yeah, criticise Levy for that, yeah. I agree. Yeah, for real, for real, for real, bro. For well, real, for Mark, real. Bro. That's been honest. Yeah, Mark, we really appreciate you. Anyway, no, Cheers, you're always Mark. honest, and we really appreciate Cheers, your call. You always talk about Spurs so passionately, and we really appreciate it. Hopefully, we get to speak to you next week. Mark there calling in. He was saying, it's not the players, it's not the manager, it's the chairman. What did you make of that? I think it's got to be blame shared in all sides. You know, Maurizio probably for not pushing more to get those players out. Um, again, with the board, you know, we haven't really supposed to have that chat on because we've always said on this show, find me someone that maybe doesn't want to have Daniel Levy in charge but can actually have more than a five-minute debate rather than just sitting there saying Levy out. And we're more than happy to have that yeah, chat on the show. 100%. But it's very hard to find someone that actually wants to come and have an intelligent debate about who can come in and manage the club better. I think, and it's just my personal opinion, I said it on the show we did on Monday night, that I do believe Daniel Levy has the best interests of Tottenham Hotspur at heart. However, there are times, I'm sure Daniel will maybe say himself, that he has held the club back at certain moments and that's football. He hasn't always done the best things, but you do learn by your mistakes. When you go to that Mm. stadium, when you see the training ground, um, of course we want the success. Maurizio has been a massive part in putting Spurs where we are. I think we now have to put our full focus into looking ahead now to the game at the weekend because we have to back this team and back, as Jason says, the manager. We'll have to back the manager. The players are looking to bounce back with a result on the weekend. We're going to be previewing that game and finally giving you that little bit of news. Unless anyone else wants to call up 0208 70 2558. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Jamie Brand. And we've had uh, loads of callers tonight, all been passionate about Spurs because we have been talking the fallout from the last two games. And as always, you can get in touch. Call us on 0208 70 20 558 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. But... Let's move away from the football for just a minute because there has been some exciting news around the club this week involving Amazon. Isn't that right, Rick? You say it may be exciting for you. I don't know if I'm not too excited <laughs> by this. Now, apparently, in advance, talks with Amazon Prime over a lucrative deal to feature in their next behind-the-scenes documentary due for broadcasting next summer. So is that the, like what they've done with the All or Nothing with Man City? I don't yeah, know if you've watched it. And this is yeah. nothing. Apart from Man City fans, I say that it's, we've got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, ignore that. It's, an actu- yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a brilliant, insightful documentary. I don't know if you would have seen well, the one with Man City. And... I did. It depends if you want to see the fallout to that Colchester dressing room. But you, well, maybe you would because it's what Jason has said a few times. You know, he, He's not really interested in the manager's words at the minute. You know, yeah. how, how many times are we hearing what the manager's had to say? And it's very interesting to see to what he's saying through the media is he saying this to the team is this the same message are they all on the same page and you know this supposed meeting of the players this inquest before the Palace game coming together if we could see this and see what's going on behind the club we can now go Oh, it is the place. We know who it the is. Po- the man. Who it is, is the human. Yeah. This may be the best thing, you know. I, I think it's actually a very exciting time. Yeah, I'm, I'm very mixed about it. I think that, you know, having having that sort of access around the dressing room can, you know, maybe cause issues. Spurs will have final say on that, though. They won't just let everything be out. Yes, that's an important mm. thing to say. I don't think Tottenham mm. will allow 
everything that is actually happening. Depends yeah. how much money we're asking for. I mean, we might, you know, we might not have, you know, we might not have a say in if we're asking for so much money. We might, you know, not have a say in what gets put in. That's all, right, Daniel. <laughs> it's, well, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd be quite, I'd be very interested to see it, but you know, it's, it's difficult. Will it, will it upset the squad? Jace, how do you feel about it? Shut up. Get on with the football. Right. <laughs> you, you no interest in seeing what goes on behind the scenes. Um. It's how it can get twisted and things like that 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 don't concern. I mean, you know, can it get twisted up? You're I watching mean, it, Jace. The, the interesting thing is, if if they're talking about screening something of the story of this season, that to me would suggest they should be already filming. And so, oh, if, I, I bet they already are. But it's on, so maybe, it's on the horror channel, then, is it? And so, maybe if they're already filming, <laughs> we would know one or two of these problems. Maybe. Maybe it has been picked up that something's been said about a player and they're not happy with that in the, the dressing room. So, yes, we we might get definitive answers as to what's going on, but I just think shut the doors. And, you know, like I said about Danny Rose mm. with his famous newspaper, it wasn't what he said that I had the problem with. Mm. It was the fact that it was all brought, done out in public when it should have been done behind closed doors. Well, it didn't do Man City but, no harm. Nothing yeah. come from that. We're going, well, we it didn't can't... help Sunderland, did it? Yeah, but that was done by Netflix. You know, this is, this very, is done very differently with Amazon. I think we have to also mention, you talk about publicly, let's not also forget that Maurizio was at the um, the Best Awards this week yeah. and he was asking about Real Madrid and we spoke a lot about players going publicly. Was it right for Maurizio at that point to say Madrid maybe one day? When anything's going on at the club, players clearly not, had, clearly not happy and we're asking players to shut up and be quiet. How do you feel when the manager comes out and says that? At this particular week, it may not have made a difference if it wasn't a great run of form. Everybody's playing well. There isn't any issues behind the, you know, behind the scenes, and we know players are hundred percent committed. But when a manager comes out and says that, that's not right either, is it? No, it's inviting speculation to be made from that, isn't it? That's why I say just shut up, get on with the football. And how can the players then perform for exactly. him when they go that he doesn't even really want to be here because yeah. he's saying Madrid one day. When is that one day? Is that next month? Is that in mm. the winter? Is that you know at the end of the season? We can't keep. That's that's one know. thing I will say, Maurice. Yeah. I'm disappointed that he even did that interview. Yeah. And, you know, he's within his rights there to refuse to answer that question. Sometimes said, that can invite more answers, though. She said, I'm manager at Tottenham. Tottenham. That's his answer. I'm manager at Tottenham. That's mm. the, I think that's the thing that, that is very unfair on the supporters. I mean, what he came out and said before the Champions League final about if we win it, I might leave. Mm. You know, that's just it's unfair on the supporters. And, you know, I think he's at least got to consider, you know, when the supporters hear that he's, you know, he's flirting with Madrid again, mm. You know, he's definitely not beyond criticism of this no, of he's not. situation we're no, in. That's there's, there's, clear. A, no. yeah. there's a number of things that, that I wish he'd have done differently, that's for sure. Mm. But again, he has come out and he acknowledges the fact that in his press conference today that he understands fans have got the right to criticise and because of the run of form it is and he accepts that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is a massive game the weekend. I think we should turn our attention towards that because it is so important for the club to get back to winning ways. And Jace, I hear you saying that, you know, you may not judge this game, you expect them to win, it's the Brighton game. But I think you have to look at this one first to get the three points. I know you're confident. And mm. um, the way we're playing at the moment, we need to get that first, second, third, fourth goal. Well, yeah, I'm, t- I'm just going to be very interested because I think with, with Palace, we all kind of expected them to come and sit and park the bus like mm. uh, uh, like with Newcastle, but they just didn't. Now, with Southampton, I think they are showing signs that they are a very good team. And I do fear that they will come and park the bus. And Spurs in the past, you know, or certainly against Newcastle, have shown that they're not very, you know, they're not that capable 
of breaking down those sort of teams. Do you really? Because when it's teams that don't park the bus, you know, Palace didn't try that way, Newcastle did, Southampton tried to play football. Are they going to park the bus? I think they would try to match you and then ultimately foul and Spurs will pick up the points. I can't see a Ralph, you know, Southampton team trying to park the bus. I think no. they would try to match you in the football instead. I think due to Tottenham's current run of form, I think Southampton are coming to Tottenham to try and win the game. No, but, uh, what, but what, then I'd argue that no, this would be the time to come and sit back and defend because we're obviously, if we get more and more frustrated mm. and the fans are already, you know, very agitated about the whole situation, then that's just going to create an even more negative atmosphere like it did against Newcastle. Well, so. very, weirdly, very quickly, uh, tonight on Love Sport, it is the Southampton fan show, so I don't know what they're going to say, but I did say, can I just quickly get your thoughts on the Spurs game? Because it is the Spurs fan show tonight, 7-9, to nine, and uh, Ben Stanfield, who will be joining me, said, very confident, the best time to be playing Spurs. We are going into this game with massive momentum. I really fancy us to do a job. I was like, oh, I'm a little bit surprised at that, Ben, but thank you. Not to fully give away what he's saying later, we're yet to speak to him, but they think it's the perfect time to play Spurs. Do you agree? I think it's a perfect time to expose our weaknesses and frailties, yeah. So I think if I was Southampton, I wouldn't be coming to park. I'd be saying, have a yeah, real go. Yeah. Let's, let's go and, and, and meet them. And if we score first, see how that, t- see how that crowd turns. And then maybe when, if we get 1-0 up, then maybe we'll we'll sit deep and make it hard and play on the break. But if I was going at Tottenham, I'd be going at head first at them at the moment. I agree. But does that play into Spurs' hands, Jase? Possibly. Yeah. Like Possibly. Did Palace really do that though? I just think we we scored the yeah, early goal enough. and yeah. was two it. up in seven minutes, and so there wasn't really time that's to the part we, the bus. we always we always talk about Spurs starting fast, and that's what, exactly what we did against Crystal yeah. Palace. And, and and there's an area that we've really got to you know go for on on the weekend to get a result starting fast. Just to repick, isn't it? I mean, that's just honestly at the moment. You this look, is another key thing, isn't yeah, it? Line ups and yeah, formation. You, you just wonder, as I said at the start of the show, which players does he rely upon? Does he, you know, I spoke to John the other night, John Wenham, obviously from Lily White Rose. Yeah. John said he wouldn't be adverse to seeing Troy Parrott back involved. Yeah. I agree. I agree, Joy, Troy Parrott. But who misses out for Parrott, though? Because, again, and it's something that Jay said, you know, you do this thing when Mora does play, doesn't play. Mm. If Parrott comes in and say, God forbid Spurs don't get a result, the, the first call will be, why did Parrott start? Why did he take out Mora? Well, we're a weakened team. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do you understand what I mean, Jay? That'd be the first shout. Why can't, can't, exactly can't you go 4 4 2 at home? We could uh, well. I mean, uh, we it's have a, we have been playing. To be fair, we've, we've changed the formation where it has been a diamond, and you've had Sonny and, and Kane up front. So I don't know whether you could play. Is, that, is, is, is it is it that beyond the norm to want to go there with two forwards at home to Southampton? No, who's the who's the who's the four in midfield? You don't <laughs> want the, Delhi left out. Yeah, you would. I'd leave Delhi out. Fans don't want Ericsson being. You're not going to have Ericsson in that team at the weekend, are you? You don't want to start him. No, I, would, I wouldn't start him ever again. But yeah. <laughs> Lamella will be in the team, won't he? Lamella will be in so the team. Lamella. Uh, uh, so you're leaving, leaving Sonny or Mora. Dembele will be in the team. So you're leaving Winks out. You wouldn't leave Winks out. I. Uh, it's difficult. It for difficult. me, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't start Parrott. I think it's you know it's difficult. I think in a way, no, I don't think he is ready straight to come into the team. But as I said, I do think it's really important that you have those fresh faces to the door. I mean, that's one area of Troy Parrott. And another area is that he wants to come and play for Spurs. And that's the most important thing. He, you know, sent out that mes- exactly the point he sent now. a message out on, on social media saying, you know, it's time to put things right. Yeah. You know, he was he was a very, you know, a very positive performance. He'd, he'd be on the bench for me, for sure. For sure. And, you know, he's shown desire and that's all we want. And, that's and the, the thing is, if, if you are, if you do get yourself like we were at Palace, you can take Kane off with <laughs> Bayern Munich in midweek and bring Parrot on and there's no pressure on If you're kid. Eric Dyer, though, where's your next game coming from? 
Hold on, you're playing four four two at the moment. You've got a no, no, six no, fifteen no, twelve I'm formation. Just, I'm just yeah? That's the question. Just out openly. When's his next game? Exactly. I don't know. Just very quickly, because we know how important the result is and the performance on the weekend. We're speaking about who should start formations. Another thing that, if Lee McQueen was certainly here tonight, he'd be going on, how important the atmosphere on the weekend is. And how is the atmosphere going to be? Because it has been quite toxic this week, certainly where social media... is concerned. Are we expecting much of that to carry on into the stadium or is everyone going to be really up for it this weekend? I think that the supporters pick and choose when they want to turn up. We have the games where it's fantastic. I had this conversation today. It was fantastic against Manchester City. But against Newcastle, you know, people were getting on the players' backs. And, and then, you know, they're making it worse and worse. And then they wonder why we struggle to score. The players are devoid of confidence. I've got to get behind the team. I think we also have to consider that the 60,000 going there are not 60,000 fans that are necessarily going there to no. watch a football game. No. That, that's just reality now where football's at. A lot of people well, are there as corporate. And, you know, we can't change that. But the hardcore fans that are in there yeah. need to be making more of the noise. We have to stick behind the team. I think no matter what your agenda is, whether you're four players, yeah. whether you're against the manager, when you enter that stadium, you have to be united 100%. in wanting the team to get the best possible result. You leave it all aside with the manager and leave it all aside with the players that you don't really want to see playing. You know, when a player puts on a top shirt you yeah. want to see them do their best yes I'll be disappointed if Chris Erickson starts the game because of his recent run of form however when he puts that shirt on and he's out there and he starts the game yeah. I want Spurs to win I want him to make an impact on the game like I, you know I'm, I, as I said I'm, I'm upset with a lot of the players but when it comes to match that I will be there and I'll be singing like, I'm, you know, I'm going to 100% get behind the team and that's that's the attitude that my, all Spurs fans need to have. Well, the message is get behind the team. It is the Saints on the weekend. Before we get your score prediction, we know of your thoughts of the game. Let's see what Tom Parker thinks of the game, who is from the Saints FC podcast, and let's see if he is that confident. This is Love Sport. That's right. It's time for the opposition view. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joining the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Jamie Brand. We've been previewing the Southampton game, but someone who's going to know just a little bit more than us It is Tom Parker from the Saints FC podcast. Tom, Spurs need a big result on the weekend and a big performance. Saints are in fantastic form, beating their closest rivals 4-0 in the Cup this week, although it was a disappointing 3-1 defeat in the Premier League to Bournemouth on Friday night. How are Saints feeling ahead of this game? Perfect time to uh, to play Spurs or are they fearing the wounded beast? Uh, I don't think there's ever to play Spurs. If they did get a result last season, but... Going away, I suppose, is never good for Saints. Uh, Harry Kane seems to always score against us. But overall, um, you know, you guys played in the Cup. You lost. Um, you hope morale's down. You've had a bit of a haphazard season. We're much stronger away. Uh, we've won out now won four away games on the trot, not conceding a goal in any of those games. So I like to think we're going to give Spurs a good game on, uh, a good game on Saturday. How would you set Southampton up? I think we were talking about it, whether, you know, with Spurs playing so poorly, maybe you come out and attack us. But I was kind of arguing that, you know, it's probably best if you sit back deep like Newcastle did and, and frustrate us. And, and, and the longer the game goes on and given our situation, the fans are going to get really frustrated. I, I don't know how you'd set Southampton up. Well, we've got a couple of formations we use. We can, we're can we quite fluid playing a 5-3-2 or we play a 4-2-2-2. I think though, fundamentally, Saints play the same way, which is aggressive, fast. They win the ball high up the pitch. They force the opposition 
into making mistakes. Ralph is very clear what he wants players to do. He wants them. It's all about the transition. He wants them to create a scoring opportunity within 10 seconds of winning the ball back. So no matter what formation he plays, the players will play the same way. They will try and force Spurs into making errors. They'll try and force Lloris or Gazaniga into uh, kicking the ball into touch. Saints are quite unusual. They're happy to give the ball away. They almost play better with less possession, uh, less possession, I always think. And they, I think what they'll try and do a lot of the time is they're, they're quite happy to pump the ball forward, leave uh, centre-backs to head it out, and then try and win that first ball back. If you look at a lot of our goals we score now, they are, you know, we nip the ball off uh, the opposition in the final third and we attack quickly. Uh, I think that's the way they'll play because I think that's really the only way they can play. I think if you the players of, of the Spurs have the quality they have, even though they're not in a great run, players like Ali, mm. Son, obviously Kane, Eriksen, you can't allow them mm. time and space on the ball. So Southampton is just going to, have to hit Spurs hard. I'm, I'm smiling because the, the, the whole way you say Southampton is set up and the way they play is exactly the the old idea of Pochettino football, yeah. isn't it? Word for word, that could have almost been Pochettino speaking of how we should be playing, and yet that's what stopped for Tottenham. It's it's got the kind of a feel. I'm going back now a few years. I think you came when it was Hoddle under pressure, and um and Hoddle had joined Tottenham from Southampton and it was early season and I think you came to Tottenham and beat us, was it 3-0 or 3-1, which became Hoddle's last game. Got that feeling to it, Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yep. Jesus. You've, got a, you've got a better memory than I have. I mean, look, I don't think, I, I think if Saints can get a result on Saturday, I, you know, I don't think it's the end of Pochettino, he's a brilliant manager. Um, but I think Saints will fancy it. I, I think that there's, you know, this is a game that for us, we've had a good away results. Um, we're, you know, pretty good uh, you know, results so far, apart from the Bournemouth game. You enjoyed so Wednesday, didn't you? Saints... What's that, sorry? You enjoyed Tuesday night or Wednesday night or whenever it well, was. We love Tuesday night. Being the, the amateurs from down the road is always nice. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, where we need to be is if we can get a point off Spurs, it's big for us. So our problems are more at home than they are away. But I think it'll be a really good game of football. Hmm. Excuse my ignorance, Tom, if I pronounce this, Raymond Butcher it. Is it Dejanepo is missing? For you guys, he's been. Nepo is missing. How how keysy for you guys? How keysy been for the for this season? Well, you, you know, if you look at just sheer impact, he came on for us and, and scored one of two, but definitely really the, the goal that turned the game against Brighton, mm. and he scored a fantastic goal away at Sheffield United. He, along with Nathan Redmond, is probably one of two players where maybe Buffal, but Buffal doesn't score goals. But in terms of players who can do it, something a little bit different, attack with pace. And, and sort of turn players inside and out. We've really only got him and Redmond. So I think he is a big loss. Um, but that said, we have uh, Redmond back, fighting fit, who's probably our most important player. Shea Adams, who's yet to score, but has done everything but score. And Danny Ings coming off the back of two fantastic goals in the week. So I think Saints will be confident going forward. It's just, you know, at the back is where our problems lie. I think I'd, I'd look at Southampton. I think you know, weak at left back and weak in the centre of midfield. So I think Rose and Wanyama, perfect, <laughs> perfect couple of signings for you, mate. They'd, they'd both will be available yeah, yeah, in January you, with a bit of luck. Oh, well, I, I, all joking aside about Wanyama, I mean they say never go back, but you know he would have been very, very good for Saints. It's, 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 take you know, him, it's take him, <laughs> take him. I'll send you fifty p. But... Should be enough for him. <laughs> He's a, you know, he's a, but he's a very good player. It's, it, you know, it goes five to years ago. Well, no, I'm joking. A couple of years back, I don't know no, if he's I mean, got the legs there anymore. If I'm being honest, he's top. Don't tell yeah. that. <laughs> they want him back. I'm liking this. I tell you I what, we'll let you win if you, you know, take Wenyama back. Oh, don't say that. 
We'll, we'll do a one-week loan. <laughs> Tom, we have to put you on the spot then. What is your score prediction for the weekend? So, my heart says 2-1 Saints. My head says 2-0 Spurs. Ooh. I mean, if I, I would, if I was a betting man, I'm not. I'd put everything I have on Harry Kane scoring because he's, I mean, you guys will be able to pull the stats, but he seems to score every single time against Saints. Well, Tom, are you going to go with your heart or your head? I have to go with my heart. <laughs> Tom Parker there from the Saints Cheers, FC Paul. podcast. Tom. Always a pleasure speaking to him. Well, uh, two two predictions he gave us. We have to get a prediction in the studio. Ricky, I will start with you. What are your thoughts ahead of the game and your score prediction? My prediction has been so far off recently, and I think I'm worth giving a prediction for. It's so far off. Um, yeah, you're right, Jase. Yeah, don't get that wrong, Ricky. Can I do a heart and a head one? I think yeah, I'll say, on. I'll Why say not? okay, my my heart says 2-1 Spurs. My head says 1-1. One, one. Okay, okay. Uh, Jamie? <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's what Jason said. You you don't know what Spurs side are going to turn up anymore. Um, so it's, it's difficult to know. Um, looking at the way we played against Palace, I did think that was going to be a really difficult game. It wasn't. You know, we blew them away in the end. I think you've got some of the players coming back that have shown a lot of commitment to the club, the likes of Lamella, Winks, Kane. So to have them back in the team, I think it's going to be a boost. I do think we'll win, I think it'd be, but I do think it'll be close. I think going for 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Spurs, just the one prediction for you. Just the one prediction, yeah, I'm being decisive. Not bothering. Jace, I'll leave you last, but it's because I'm fairly confident of what you're going to say. You did allude to it earlier that you think Spurs will... 3-1 Spurs. 3-1 Spurs. Yep. There you go. Key is, uh, Jay said, uh, Winks, he's starting. Yeah. Uh, players maybe okay we've got time to just quickly talk about yeah, players that can start I mean, and I just want to say there's a bit of history between Spurs and Southampton I always forget you know Hoddle the manager now yeah, yeah. The, the, the clubs Dean are Richards linked like, yeah. Dean Richards was the, was yeah. the first or, no because Hoddle had joined by then hadn't yes, he yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hoddle came and then Dean Pochettino, Richards came pretty quickly mm. and, and since Poch yeah yeah, yeah. But Toby. players as well, it's really linked. Toby, Toby. Yeah, yeah, Toby. It's, it's quite they, don't, they don't like Tottenham, uh, Southampton. Well, we're not liked by a lot of clubs, but well, Southampton, <laughs> they're not massive fans. Uh, I think, as, as we said, I think Winksy has to start this one. Back four, I mean, God. What you got to choose? Ben Davis. Let's do a ben lineup Davison. then. Go on, because okay. we're, we're talking about lineups. Let's let's do it. The last word on Spurs. Uh, best Lot, eleven. Line up. Yeah. God, best eleven. That's a t- tricky one this season. <laughs> tricky one this season. Yeah. Left um, back. What are you saying? Ben Davis. Um, he wasn't great though against Colchester. No, he wasn't. Careful, no, he's got, at least he's got an attitude. Okay, Ben Davies in at left. How good was Danny Rose at Leicester? Not great. Um, Centre backs: Tanganga and uh, Sanchez. No, I, I, I think you. You can disagree. Who do you think? If, no, if you don't, I think we'll play Vitoria and Spurs Rose. can't afford to drop out the top, the top four. If no. it, you know, I know he's. I know. I totally take what Jason says about you know he's. You can't have players you know, undermining himself by playing these players that don't want to play for us. You do need a bit of experience. I think we all agree. Ori is back in a, in the right, right back slot. Yeah, or not? Ori Peters. No way. No. Jace, come on. No. I'm, I'm not picking. What's your midfield then? What's your midfield? Not being nearly good enough. So you're going to tell me you have Oliver Skip in there? I'd play a diamond Winks. with Winks at the base. And Dombele and, and Dombele, but Sissoko. I'd be picking Ndombele reluctantly at the moment, purely for fitness. And I'd have Lamella, Son. It's probably going to be Mora and Kane up front. But I'm not so sure Mora will start, but that's, I'd have to go with Mora. 
So you seem like you agree with... I just want 11 the... players oh. that want to play for Tottenham. Yeah, and, totally. and, you know, I accept that's not our strongest team. Mm. I accept it's not necessarily the quality it gives yep. us. We're at a stage where I want 11 players busting their watsits for Tottenham. I, I, listen, I agree with Jason on that point. It is so important to have 11 out there that care. And I have to trust, I think, Maurizio, that he will pick the players that he genuinely believes will go out there and deliver him a performance. It's not just about Tottenham as well, Chaz. This is also about delivering a performance to the manager. This is the thing now. This is where it's coming down to, where fans are starting to get a little bit agitated with the manager, with the, with the players. Maurizio will be feeling that even more now and will, I think, only be looking to pick players that believe in what he's trying to do. But this only highlights how tough the, the job he's got on his hands because you three in the studio can't even... You're going, no, no, no no way. You couldn't even agree on the defence. We hadn't even reached the midfield picking yet and you three couldn't, couldn't come to a conclusive decision. We couldn't. We probably couldn't nail even on the goalkeeper. <laughs> no, we could say Lloris would be out. The... Lloris is back in, wasn't he? Well, after, after the things that we're not about winning trophies. You know, is that part of the don't problem? Like that. Rich, no, I think this in the running like order. This is a good script. Whiteman's in goal. Whiteman? <laughs> 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 Look, Jason, have the under 18s out there. That'll do if for they me. want to play. That would do for me. <laughs> really, Jason, if it even sacrifices the result, you just want. you Because there has to come into it, doesn't it? The result may well be sacrificed in the short term, but it's yeah. it's what it does for you over the course of the next six or seven months by playing players that don't want to be there. You can't play the under-18s all season, Jace. In all honesty, I know you might want to. You can't. Well, where does the over-18s at Colchester do us? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been the Spurs Fan Show. It's been a fantastic show tonight with Last Word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Jamie Brand. We've been talking the fallout from Leicester and Colchester, but on the weekend, it is Southampton. They'll be hoping for three points, a good result, and a top performance. The Saints fan that spoke to us, Tom Parker, he was saying possibly 2-1 to Saints, but it's a confident victory from Jason here. He's saying 3-1 to Spurs. As always, though, we'll be back next week to discuss it. Either way, the last word on Spurs every Thursday, 7-9 to on Love Sport Radio. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.